Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Thursday, January 3rd, 2019, and welcome to Invest Talk. And it seems like the new year is starting off like the old year was, uh, with the market, anyways. The, the market is volatility is pretty extreme. And today's down, being down 660 points, just kind of put an explanation mark on the, 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 the market. We had, what, three, four days in a row up, and everybody was all excited thinking that was it? Well, guess what? Not it. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and our daily objective here is to make you a better investor, an above-average investor, to help you achieve that goal, okay? To try to get you to, to stop buying into hype. Stop buying into the Wall Street main propaganda. It's not all, you, know, you have to be independent. You have to think independent. And we are, um, I am, and Justin are, we are independent thinkers. We don't just go along with what everybody else says because it's dangerous. you got to walk your own path, everybody. And that path, I'm going to help you with. You can call our anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So the market was mostly down with, what, only five of the Dow stocks up today at the opening but it was all red. Most of the day is all red. Uh, and so the market, what, 660 points on the Dow down, 202 points on the NASDAQ, and 62 points all down today on the S&P 500. But that's the stock market, okay? The stock market is going through those things. Why is that happening? We can talk about that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my theories here in a minute. But, you know, there's lots of news out, and the news isn't bad at all. ADP, the ADP is the pri- private company that puts out a, an employment report out every month just before the official report number, which comes out tomorrow. And they said that the economy grew, expanded hugely in jobs, 271,000 new non-farm payroll jobs versus 178,000, which was the estimate, almost 100,000 more. Did you ever wonder why they call it the non-farm private sector jobs? Why is it non-farm? Did you ever wonder why? Well, there is a specific reason for that. Because farmers, you know, they're not working for it's a It's a different labor, uh, type of labor, farming. And, you know, you're really not, you know, whether farmers are working or not working, well, when do the farmers not work? They always work, have to work. Anyways, uh, small business sector added 89,000 jobs compared to 46,000 last year. Manufacturer sector payroll uh, uh, added 12,000 jobs versus 4,000 last month. Did I say last year? Last month. So month over month, small business added 89 versus 46 and manufacturing 12 over 4. Service sector, always the main driver in our economy because we are a service focused economy, 163,000 jobs versus 163 the same amount last month. 
So it was the small business and um, manufacturing jobs that really took off. So that was the ADP report. Then we had the ISM number, Institute of Supply Management, which was a little bit different drop. It fell pretty hard, but it's still above 50, which means we're still expanding, not shrinking. But it is a little like a yellow, yellow flag there about the ISM. So we're seeing cracks in our economy, but it's still very strong. In Japan, Germany, and China, markets are all showing concerns. Bear markets. All bear markets. We're pretty much in a bear market. I have called it a stealth bear market, but we're right at 20% or so. That was the the, the depth of the fall, fall from its peak. So we're right there. And of course, I know you, everybody saw what happened to Apple today, right? Apple. You know, their business model, you know, Apple's really dependent on its hardware. I mean, it's most, mostly and especially its phone. And that was, there was a concern and the stock fell pretty hard. Why was it? Why? I think there's a bigger story there that people are missing. And that's the bigger story I'm going to talk about in detail. Not just, I think the Apple story is interesting and important. And I be honest with you, I'm thinking maybe it's a buying opportunity setting up here. Remember I, yesterday I said, you know, maybe we should start putting our toes in the water. Well, Apple might be one that we want to put our toe in. You're not going to hear that from everybody else. You're going to hear see a lot of bad information. Oh, my God, Apple's falling apart. I'm not necessarily saying you want to buy it right this minute. You know, uh, I'd like to see it maybe break above its 20-day moving average as a signal maybe to buy. But it's awful inexpensive. Now, maybe it's maybe there's more problems with Apple than we think. Uh, don't know if I'm buying that. Netflix had just altered its sign-up process with uh, Apple. ISO, iOS users won't be billed for subscriptions through iTunes. So that's going to lose Apple some money. So Netflix doesn't have to pay that 30% fee to Apple. And there's one more item that I thought we might talk to talk about. I will be in San Jose in January. I'm up there usually every month, but not December because of the holidays. Uh, but I'll be there on January 23rd. Space is limited. If you want to register early to meet with me, I can set up a one-on-one -on -one meeting with you and take a look at your portfolio. Just go to invest.com and send me an email. Just do something, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll set up a time. So as you can tell, there's always lots of market news every day, and it certainly is something to talk about, right? But before we go any further, let's go ahead and take our question on our Anytime Listener line. The number is 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. I often, I lately hear you guys saying there is no inflation. The Fed is afraid or trying to raise the rates to control inflation. Have you guys lately been to a McDonald's? That's it. Well, you know, you can you can point out different. Okay, let me let me let me come back with this. Have you been buying gasoline lately? See, you know, I always point out individual things where prices are high or prices are low, but we're talking about how the government measures inflation overall. And I know that it's flawed and the system is flawed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a basis for which you can compare. Okay, is inflation getting worse or getting better? And I'm saying that, yeah, we have some inflation, but our long-term inflation rate is three 
percent. And we're not even at two, or we're just barely at two. So why is the federal government so worried about it? I mean, you've got economies that are shrinking uh, around the globe. You don't have inflation pressures coming from outside the United States. You have deflationary pressures. So now you're talking about, well, what's the inflationary pressures inside? One of the biggest one is energy. Energy is getting cheaper. Got a lot cheaper. So yeah, there, you'll find you know you'll find areas of inflation. You will, but you think about this. Uh, you know, um, the the one of the area reasons why we're having some inflation is because minimum wages all around the country in different states are being pushed up. Okay, that's inflationary. I'm not saying it's wrong or right, wrong or right, right or wrong. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the effect. It has an inflationary effect. So. You're going to have McDonald's going to raise prices because they're raising salaries. Okay. See, it's not, but it's the overall measurement of what's going on in the economy that's important. So we're not really having much inflation at all. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and let me remind you that Invest Talk Radio and Podcast provides your daily dose of market news, and we really make a big effort to be unbiased about our comments. We're not going to just, you know, spew out what the Wall Street says to spew out. I don't like doing that. Don't like it. And we have a new offering called InvestTalk Academy. Same thing. We're going to take it. That's going to help you, the average person. Our InvestTalk Academy, our lessons that we, in-depth lessons we give every week. You can learn more about InvestTalk Academy by going to InvestTalkAcademy.com. We're headed into a quick one-minute break and then taking your questions now at 888-99-CHART. It's a new year. Welcome to 2019. Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. So as you work and plan for a comfortable financial future, please keep listening to our live Invest Talk programs and be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and the 24-7 availability of program podcasts at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and is ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, our main talking point today. U.S. Trade Representative Lighthizer thinks more tariffs tariffs could be needed to get meaningful changes, uh, concessions from China. America has been trying to get China to agree to trade terms that are fair to both countries. At least that's what we think. China may not think that way, but, you know, if they're really honest with themselves, they know that they've been at a, and they've been taking advantage of the world trade system. And they know it. We know it. Everybody knows it. But no one's done anything about it except now. What else are we going to talk about? I want to talk about the bigger picture rather than just what Apple happened to Apple. Apple was down, what, 8 10% today, whatever it was. And everybody's all up in arms about it. And the, the question is that the, the, the reason given was the uh, sharp sell-off or sharp downturn of sales in China. Well, I think the bigger picture is China. We need to talk about that. What else? You know, I, I, that's what I think we really should need to focus on personally. Um Anyways, also, I, I want to talk about uh, who, the guy who called for 20000 on the Dow, 
thinks that we're going to have a really good stock market if we avoid a recession. Okay, this is Jeremy Siegel. You know who he is? He's a Wharton professor. He's written many books. Pretty famous guy. He predicted the Dow was going to go down to 20000 But he also is saying that if we don't go into recession, this 2019, the market's going to be really, really good. I think we need to talk about that. We need to talk about a number of things. But whatever is on your mind is really what we should talk about. Let's go to another question that came in earlier on our 24-hour listener line. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, Justin. Got a question for you. I know the market's tanking and and looks like a lot of not so good things are happening, but it looks like some good opportunities are there. My question is on Citigroup, symbol C. Uh, You take a look at it and it has dropped substantially. It's a yearly low and it's also lower than what it's been for a long time. It pays a three and a quarter dividend. Price earnings, according to what I have, is eight and a quarter. And it looks like it's low, but when would be a good time to buy into it? Or with the uh, stuff going on, is financial financials are really something I need to avoid. But it looks like it'd be a, a nice dividend payer. It looks like they have uh, earnings uh, per share is pretty good to cover stuff. So what do you say? Appreciate your input. Okay, City Citigroup and everybody is a big global holding company offering banking, investment, insurance, and credit card services. It's a $128 billion company, so it's a mega cap. And you're right, it pays a very nice dividend. It's very steady. That dividend's not going away. Cash flow is really high, $7 a share. And, uh, you know, paying a three-and-a-half dividend, I mean, that's, what, two bucks. And they're going to make $7.57 next year after making $6.64 this year. That's the estimates. And sales growth is 9%, 10%. So why is the stock been crashing? Went from 74 down to 50 since October. You know, October was the trigger point date. And it bounced up in the last four or five days. And then, of course, today is down because the whole market's down. So it is a very good value right now. It's at a good value. It will work if we don't go into recession. It will work well if we don't go into recession. All the major banks should work well if we don't go into recession. And that's the big if. That's where the, everybody's, you know, worried about. That's that's the big worry. Are we going to? None of the economic numbers are telling us yet that that's where we're headed. But they are weakening. But we know the economy is going to weaken in 2019. We know that. Tomorrow on Talk, the latest manufacturing activity survey shows biggest drop since 2008. Is that a bad economic sign? Last time the ISM index has fallen more steeply was at the height of the U.S. financial crisis. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscriber's inbox on Fridays, provides a summary of the market week that was, offers a look ahead, and even points out notable stock ideas. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go to Noel in Napa. How you doing, Noel? Wants to talk about insurance. How you doing? Uh, good, Steve. Nice talking with you. Uh, yeah, about... Oh, four weeks ago or so, you you said uh, in California you can self-insure your auto. 
Uh, I was just wondering how much network do you have to have to do that, and how do you keep from being sued into oblivion, and can, do you have to get entangled up with a, an attorney, and is there a little book or something I could go to reference? And, and, I'm, and, and, and I'm thinking in the future I might go, move to Nevada, so I don't know, that uh, maybe that doesn't work in Nevada either. So what, 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 what do you have well, on that sh- subject? Okay. Yeah, I was talking about being self-insured for physical damage, uh, uh, collision and cop, and I believe you can self-insure for liability. I don't think I would recommend the self-insuring for liability because you're still responsible for whatever damage you do to somebody or somebody else's vehicle. If you run somebody over, you're liable. You can be bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't self-insure for the liability part. Yeah, I would not. I would always have liability. But for the collision and comprehensive coverage on your car... Because, you know, chances are if you're a good driver, you're not going to cause an accident. You're going to be hit by somebody, but that's why you always have uninsured motors. Because if they, you know, if you mm-hmm. got hit by them, either their insurance will pay or you, your own company will pay if they have no insurance or underinsured. They don't have enough insurance. So, but you can't mm-hmm. do that collision comp. You have to have it if you, if you don't own the car outright. The leasing company or the, the, the financing company will require you to carry collision comp. But I don't, I pay for my car's cash, so I don't carry collision comp. I, I, I had one loss in all my years. I've been doing this since my 20s. And that was when a Jeep got mm-hmm. stolen out of my driveway. And it was a $5,000 Jeep. And that hurt, but I, didn't, I, I just went out and got another Jeep. That's all. Because I always put money yeah. aside you know, to buy the next car. So it's the collision mm-hmm. comp that you don't really have to carry. And that's expensive stuff. And the liability mm-hmm. you probably should always have because of, okay. you know, that makes sense. But yeah, Is there but a you can also carry a low uh, that you're aware of. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, okay. no one would. I'm thinking outside the box here. No one would probably recommend doing this uh, except for maybe me. <laughs> because you know, people say, "Oh, you got to be insured." Well, not necessarily. You know, depend for liability. Sure, collision comp. No, what? Your car gets older. You know, I don't know. You don't need it. I don't. I. Don't, I I've been self-insured forever. No, appreciate the call. Let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How you doing, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Hey, uh, I just want to say I uh, really appreciate your show. Um, thanks for the education. <laughs> um, oh, you're welcome. I love my that. question is, my question is yeah, I have a question about uh, sticker symbol X as in X-ray, B as in boy, I as in India, XBI. Okay. Uh huh. Yes, that's the you, uh, that's the biotech biotech. Yeah. So, you, do you, so we're talking about biotech. So this is the biotech ETF. So it's a group of biotech select industry index. Okay, so it's a bunch of biotechs. I think it's a good way to get diversification in the biotech sector because there's a lot of biotechs that don't make money. And I don't want you to buy biotechs who don't make money. I don't. But if you want to get into the biotech sector, this is a good way to do it. Biotechnology, everybody. Um the problem is, is then you're going to be dealing with when's a good time to do it. I mean, it was at a hundred, and in October, September, it started to fall, and it got down to sixty-five, and now it's at seventy-one. 
So the question is, when do you buy it? Is it been is it fallen hard enough to be to be a buyer? The timing is going to be difficult. I probably wait till it breaks above the twenty day moving average before I decide to buy it, and that's at seventy three eighty seven. So about seventy four dollars a share, and it's at seventy one. You you know it bounced from okay. that sixty five. But it wouldn't be surprising, uh, Noel, that it retests, or Chris, it wouldn't be surprising if it retests mm-hmm. that low it made, about 65. If it bounces and makes a double bottom and bounces back up above the 20-day moving average, I think that would be a smart place to buy it. You may still be wrong, but that, that's a higher percentage uh, the a higher percentage that that's it actually has hit a bottom and is starting to move up when it double bottoms and bounces again. Of course, it could make a V bottom. It could just go straight up, but at least wait till it breaks about $74 a share to give you an idea that at least it's showing you some strength. Maybe wrong, but at least you want okay. that. Okay? Thanks for okay. the call. Well, appreciate right, it. I mean, Chris, appreciate appreciate the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and I invite you to check out our new online training experience, Invest Talk Academy. You know, it's for the average person. It's not for the person who's got, you know, thinks he knows uh, all there is there is about there, or someone who's really intelligent and have been doing investing. It's for the average person. The person needs help. Justin and I are really dedicated to make Invest Talk Academy a learning tool for the serious investor, a person who wants to learn. And just need some place to go. You can, and you, all the back classes are all there available to you if you sign up. BestTalkAcademy.com. That's where you go. And now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. It may be hard to believe, but the average 401k investor misses out on over $5,000 per year in investment gains. Why? Well, poor timing and subpar investment choices. This is what the studies show us. This is the challenge of the typical 401k, and that's the whole reason for Active 401k. And that's why we have Active 401k. That's why we launched the program for our listeners and our clients, because it's very difficult to allocate a 401k account. These plans have limited choices. You've got to make the changes. Now, if you have a 401k account, this is a program that you should know about. It ranks your current options within your current employer's plan, and then all you do is log in and make the changes. We'll tell you what to buy, what percentages, and what funds. If you'd like to see more about it, just go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com, and click on the Investments tab from KPP Financial. And it may be just what you've needed. You're listening to Invest Talk. Are you doing everything possible to make sure your investments are performing as well as they should be? You can find investment strategies and unbiased guidance anytime at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Okay, so the U.S. Trade Representative Lighthizer thinks more tariffs could be needed to get meaningful China's concessions. China, you know, they don't want to change. Of course they wouldn't want to change. Would you? When the advantages is on your side? Of course not. They're not going to want to change. And, you know, the advantage is really, has been clear, is very clear. You know, and anybody who is sober looking at the, the how things work, you know, to, to, for you to conduct business in China, no, it's one-sided. 
We know that. It's not anything surprising. But just adding tariffs or getting an agreement, a one-time agreement for, from China, he's saying that, you know, that's not going to work. You're going to need them to change how they conduct business. For instance, you have to partner with a, a Chinese company. Why? If you want to do business in China, you're going to have to partner. And then you're going to have to share your technology with that, that partner and, you know, give out secrets, you know, share them. Well, another country requires that and you wouldn't do business that way if it wasn't such a big market and you want to get in. So it's kind of a one-sided deal. When China com- Chinese companies come here, they don't have to partner with a U.S. company. And many of them don't. Most of them don't. So that it's just, he's saying that it may not be just, you know, okay, we come to a, a agreement. We kind of need to be pretty tight on what we're requiring them to do. You can't be just some one-off thing and then we don't, we walk away. Okay, they agreed to import more uh, soybeans. You're saying that's not going to work and it may take more pressure. And, you know, this is the time to put pressure on. You heard me say that. I'm, I'm saying it again. I realize that that is really going to hurt the market. I think this his statement hurt the market. I think that's one of the problems. Then you had the thing with Apple. I think hurt you know with China that hurt the market. What's happening is China is weakening. It's getting more exaggerated. It's it, the weakening is in, in, the weakness is increasing. Mind you, try to bear in mind that you know I'm not saying that their economy is going to shrink. It's not. Probably not. They're not going to go into recession. Classical recession. But their growth rate is shrinking faster than they've been trying to shrink the growth rate. Trust me, they wanted to go down because of some of the excesses they have produced without because they're not a free economic system. If they were a totally free economic system, they would have went into recession a long time ago because they've been building things they don't need, infrastructure systems they don't need yet. But they wanted to, you know. Want to get? They wanted to get there fast, and they've been using their trade surplus as a surplus as a way to finance all this stuff over these years. And that trade surplus is at the West's cost. It's the West, Europe, and the United States. That surplus is we're paying for that. So we're paying for a lot of their infrastructure and changing that mindset in China is going to be a task. It really is. Okay, let's go to another uh, call that you know that came in earlier on our listener line. Eight 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 ninety nine charges a number. Hey Steve, this is Mike from Louisville. You had a wild and wonderful week on the stock market, and everything is dropping. Uh, but I was taking a look at some financials. I got a question about Canadian financials because there's the Bank of Montreal BMO. That's Bravo Mike Omaha and Bank of Nova Scotia BNS, and they. Drop like a rock, and they're at their yearly lows, and they pay a dividend high fours. Just got an idea. Where do you think that's going to plateau out for a buy? And is there any issues with it being a Canadian company, even though it's traded on the New York Stock Exchange for the income and taxes that I don't know about? You have great podcasts, great help, and you have a great day this holiday season. Well, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Bank of Montreal, Canadian bank, global bank. It's a $42 billion size bank, so it's big. At 1,500 branches in Canada and the U.S. 
Uh, it, let's see. Okay, I acquired KGS Alpha Capital Markets, a New York-based fixed income. Or, yeah, that's not a big deal. Um, uh, they're making money. They, they, the money they make this year is going to be less, about 20% less than it did last year. Then it's going to bounce up a little bit. So in other words, they made $9 a share in 2018. They're going to make $7.17 this year, 2018. So the, the And that's why you're seeing this fall. Uh, from $82 a share all the way down to almost 63, 64. And today it's at 65, 83. So the question is, is this the bottom? And they didn't have too bad of a day. I mean, you know, for the, the way that day went today, um, they only lost 11 cents a share, which is pretty good on a $65 base. So, you know, it's not doing nearly, it wasn't getting hurt. It pays a 4.6% dividend. Return on equity is 13%, which is pretty good, not great. And the PE, remember, it's going to be $7.66. It's a $65 stock. So, you know, the PE is around, you know, 9, 8, 9 way below the market PE. So all those things are telling you, man, this might be a good purchase in this area. If we don't go into recession, as I said before, in the other banks for Citigroup, these banks are going to recover really sharply and fast if we don't go into recession. They're acting like we're going into recession. That's what they're acting like. The, the way their stock prices have plunged tells you that, hey, maybe we're going to recession. But I, I, I'm not convinced the recession is going to be you know this year i've said it could be late this year maybe next year all last year i've been saying that and i'm still thinking that that's when it's going to come but these prices of all these financial institutions are acting like we're already in one and we're not so um I would do what I'm going to do is suggest is wait till the bounces above the 20 day moving average. I think that is a good place to wait. And for this bank, it's $66, $67 a share. And it's at $65.83. So it's not that far away. I think if it, once it breaks above that, I would like to see a double bottom. It bottomed here a couple of weeks ago, week and a half ago. I'd like to see it retest that bottom and bounce up above the 20-day moving average. That would be a great buy point. Fundamentally, the bank is very strong. From a fundamental point of view, yeah, you could buy it. But if we do go in recession, as I said before on Citigroup, all bets are off. We do. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you are making the right choices with the money in your 401k. It's difficult. I know we're in a, you know, Stealth bear market is very painful. Now, unless you have a lot of time and you, know, you, you, you to study the fundamentals and trends, it's pretty difficult. Pretty difficult when to, you know, move to different parts of the market or go to cash. When do you, when do you take? You know, I don't like timing the market, but there are times when you need to be defensive. Well, we keep we have at KPP Financial some some models based trading systems that may help you. We call it Active 401k. It's an Active 401k program that helps you move within your 401k to the better areas of the market or to back off a little bit to protect your accounts, that kind of thing. So um, take a look at it. Go to, it's called Active401k. It's at investtalk.com. Now we still got time to take your investing questions. The number is 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, and Steve Peasley is returning to San Jose to meet with Invest Talk listeners that understand the value of receiving a free portfolio review from Steve. Mark your calendar Wednesday, January 23rd 
If you live anywhere in Northern California, you should reserve your space for a no-cost portfolio review consultation. Steve will analyze your portfolio's strengths and weaknesses so that you can start 2019 with a much better chance of building a comfortable financial future. Register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here and you can get his unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. 888-992-4278. Okay. So we, we're hearing all kinds of things about, uh, about uh, China. But today's Apple, maybe maybe Apple news where the Apple said that their sales in China fell off a lot higher, harder than they thought. But if you put that news together with other reports, did you know Ford said the same thing? Tiffany and company said the same thing? That their sales fell off sharper in China than the everybody expected. So it's not it's in it's consumer anxiety in China. That's what you're having. They've had a hard problem. They had a problem with their property values going down there. This real this so they have real estate problem and they got these tariffs. So consumers and of course of the market their stock market is a bear market all year. So the consumers are worried. Just like consumers here, you know the problem is is they don't get a pretty they don't get a clear picture they don't get a lot of transparency they don't, but they know what's going on. So an export growth, just so you know, export growth, which represents twenty five percent of the economy, growth fell to five point four percent year over year in the most recent month. Okay, the month before. Growth was at 12.6% year over year. So their growth rate has of exports really tanked. Well, was it the tariffs? Yeah, that's part of the reason, but part of it might be you know consumer demand everywhere else. What I'm trying to point out is that China in general is having a problem. It's not an Apple problem. It's a Chinese problem overall, a consumer a lack of consumer spending money in China. It's not just Apple. So don't think in terms of that. Apple, of course, you know, remember China is a big customer of a lot of big companies. And if your big customer is hurting, it's shrinking its growth rate, and consumers are getting nervous with you know, holding on to their money and put, leaving it in their pocket instead of spending it, well, this is the result you're going to get. Now, remember, consumers here in the United States, if they do the same thing, we will definitely go into recession. But right now, you got plenty of jobs and plenty of employment and very low unemployment rate. We have more outstanding jobs not filled than we have people looking for jobs. Okay, we haven't, we very rarely see that ever. Ever. More jobs, more jobs available than people looking for jobs. Now, of course, there's different skill sets and everything else. They don't necessarily match up, and that's what you have. But it does drive the unemployment rate to very low levels. We have our official jobs report coming out tomorrow, and as I said early in the hour, ADP had 100,000 more jobs than they thought they expected as their report. So we're looking at a report coming from the official numbers tomorrow. Might be pretty strong. 
and that's the driver of our consumers, whether they're working. China is having an overall problem. It's not an Apple problem. It's a consumer problem in China. You remember, confidence by the consumer to spend things and be confident. They're not. The, the confidence is, is going down in China. That's the problem. Not Apple. Yeah, well, it reduces sales, but it's not just Apple. It's everybody else, too, all companies. So let's make room for another caller We took time to, who took time to leave us a question on our Anytime Listener Line number. The number is 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Mike from Venice Beach. I just want to let you know I'm a big fan of the show. Business economics student down at University of Irvine. Almost finished up, and your show really kind of puts everything together in uh, modern time uh, time frames. Anyways, I got a quick question about my father. Uh, he's in his 60s, got about, uh, from what he says, another five years of work left. Uh, he has a couple 401ks from a couple different companies just sitting, and when I looked at them the other day, they're basically just sitting in cash and not being invested. Uh, he is self-employed now, so he doesn't do much with them. I uh, just wanted to know what your advice is, uh, what you recommend that we do for him uh, in these two portfolios that are sitting there. Like I mentioned, he's got about five years left of work, and uh, I just wanted to know what would suit him best. Anyways, look forward to hearing from it on the radio, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Well, first of all, I recommend he roll those into an IRA, combine IRA, IRA, combine them into one IRA, rollover IRA, and now he has an IRA that he can control. And if he's self-employed, he could do a SEP IRA, set up a separate. It's a separate than a regular IRA called a SEP, S-E-P IRA, and then that SEP IRA he can contribute. You know. Up to I think it's seventeen thousand five hundred. Depending on his age, it could be up as high as twenty four thousand, like a regular, like a four hundred one k, as far as amounts. Um, and then he can, with those two little ones, he can just manage those from his IRA. And since he's in cash, which has not been a bad place to be since October, that's for sure. But I would probably take a more dollar cost average approach to get into the market, or you can just wait. Until, uh, man, you can wait. What he could do is wait for the next recession, whenever that hit comes. And then when we get a recession, invest the money into the market. People, it sounds wrong, huh? Why, you know, people, you you buy stocks when you're in a recession? Yeah, you definitely do. Think about 2008, 2009, that recession the best time to buy the stocks was right there in the worst part of that recession. That's normal. That's what you should be doing. You know, you hear a lot of people, well, well, just buy in the market whenever. Well, you know, just keep buying in the market. Well, there's you could be sharper than that. You know, and don't buy into hype. Don't buy into scams. Be more careful. But that's what I do. I combine them in IRA and then... You could dollar cost average in or wait till the recession happens. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Steve Peasley. Our program is winding down, as you know, it does every hour. But we still have about 10 minutes. And remember, please, we keep our anytime listener lines open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call now. We're live and ready right now, but you can call anytime you want to. So I'm taking calls live right now, 888 99 chart. On the next Invest Talk, the latest manufacturing activity survey shows its biggest drop since 2008. That story tomorrow. 
But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. This is Gary. I have a question for your podcast. I'd like to know what you think of Philip Morris stock, whether it could be a possible buy now, and what a target price would be a year out from now. Thank you very much. Take care. Philip Morris, the symbol is uh, PM, everybody. Uh, Makes cigarettes sold worldwide under the Marlboro, L&M, other brands. Also sells cigarette pipes and papers and things like that. And I, we own this in one of our managed accounts, Philip Morris. Uh, it hasn't really helped us much. It pays a 6.9% dividend now. It's fallen from 80 bucks down to 66 And, of course, where do I buy it? Oh, around $75 or so. And I thought I was being pretty smart when it went up to 87 And then, of course, it fell like a rock. But, no, I think it's a good price. Why did I buy it? Not only because of the dividend, and, and it's not growing very fast, but I didn't really buy it for that. Uh, I buy it because it was inexpensive. And I like the dividend, but also for one other reason, and that is uh, because of legalized marijuana. Because if they're going to legalize it, they're going to need more cigarette products, right? Like paper and cigarette type of development situations, right? And, you know, I think Philip Morris and I can see these big guys buying the little, uh, little, um, marijuana drug companies the more you know with the more potential for success and i'm kind of going in the back door that into that area and meantime i'm waiting and sitting on a you know a pretty nice dividend six percent dividend 6.9 now but i was getting more like 5.8 or so because i buy it at a higher price so i think it's a good long-term value play i do pm is a simple let's go to matt washington how you doing matt Good. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Yeah, so pretty simple question. I'm just wondering what you think of Amazon right now at this price. I like Amazon as a company. I think it's a great company. I think it's going to be continue to be a great company. I, I think it might have trouble with competition at some... Well, I'm not saying... Let me rephrase that. I think it might have trouble with the government because there's so little competition. Who else is besides Amazon is out there in the U.S.? Uh, maybe coming from China, you might get some. So I think that's where your worry is, not from the business model of its business model. No, I don't. But it also, because of its success, is still very expensive. Even falling from $2,000 a share down to 1500 Huge drop, right? But the PE is still around 90. I mean, but next year's PE, yeah. yeah. Next year's PE is going to drop. If it didn't go up from here, it's a $1,500 stock going to make $26 or almost $27 a share next year. So at $1,500, let's figure that out real quick. Divided by uh, $27, you get a PE of 55. So the P is going to be cut in half next year, but a 55 P man is still very high. So, do you just bite the bullet and yep. buy it? You know, do you just because you the company's great? I, I think I would be a little bit more patient, Matt. I'd wait for the recession. 
Whenever it might be two years, but that means the stock will be finally get hit hard enough, probably to give you an entry point. Because okay. it, it's so you, it, you think it might not be until 2020 that we see something like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not, can you be that patient, Matt? That's a problem. You know, I it's hard so. to be yeah, that patient. Yeah, that that's that's a big question. What you could do, because it is a good price for it, you know, for Amazon, um, you could buy, you know, half a position here and wait to buy the other half. You know, a cheaper maybe. It's a tough call. If we go into recession, Matt, then you could wait. What if we don't go into recession? What if something happens, they postpone it another couple of years? You know, do you wait three or four years to get into Amazon? While it goes to 2500 back to back to, you know, 2000 up higher? Because it, it's a great company. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I appreciate the call. AMZN. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. And I thank you for your support. Appreciate it. And all your questions and listening to us. I do appreciate all the calls. I want you to have a great evening, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow, Friday, already Friday. And I will share some experts from our newest KPP Premium Newsletter, which will go out tomorrow morning, which I am working on right now. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.